A continent of love, a people changing the world. You're listening to the Voice of Africa podcast. We unearth compelling stories of trailblazers across disciplines of African descent. Learn from their strategies, challenges, and successes as you build your own vision-driven future. Hi there. In this interview, meet Minnie Delamini. We discuss Minnie's career building a structure in the entertainment industry and empowering women of power in Africa. Let's get into it. Welcome to VOA TV and podcast. Today we have a very special guest with us who goes by the name of Mrs. Minnie Damlini Jones. She is a South African TV personality and the owner of MD Body. So Miss Minnie, can you please tell us a little bit about your childhood growing up? Wow, I had a really awesome childhood. I grew up with my mom and my dad and my two brothers. Um, and growing up was amazing. Um, my parents were very big on us being involved in a lot of different activities. So I grew up playing sport. I grew up dancing. I grew up singing. grew up acting. Um, and my parents felt like it was really important for us to be involved in a lot of different things in order to just grow our diversity and our knowledge and expand our reach when it comes to meeting new people. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why I ended up doing what I do today is just my experience in lots of different codes, whether it was sport, whether it was music, whether it was performing arts. And that really got my knack into understanding different types of people and my passion for wanting to entertain. So like apart from being, you know, a pretty social lady, were there any role models that you had that you can confide in the process or his process as well? Oh, yes. I've had plenty of role models from, you know, my godmother, who is a federal judge here in South Africa, to my mother, who I absolutely admire for just being a woman who held our family together when things got really tough, showed me independence and strength while being a wife and a mother. Um, and, and of course, I've had some amazing industry um, people that I've looked up to. I mean, my predecessors, I look at your Connie Ferguson, who owns Ferguson Films, one of the most successful producers, started out as one of the biggest actresses in the country and is now one of the biggest and best producers in the country. You know, you look at the likes of former Miss South Africa, Basitana Kumano, who's now a formidable businesswoman in South Africa. And basically, these are women who use their platforms as entertainers, as performers, and were able to evolve into successful businesswomen. And, and that's really where I take my motivation from. So, you know, throughout your professional or educational career, have you ever felt the need to prove or like defy someone's expectations of you based on your gender or no racial hundred percent. I mean, first of all, when I started in the entertainment industry, I was just 19 and everyone expected me to last six months because I was just the new pretty face on the block. And 10 years later, I proved them wrong. But in my 10 years, I started off with music and lifestyle and entertainment. And then I made the really big decision to go into sports entertainment. And that was really tough because it's a really male dominated industry. You know, women are not really taken seriously in that space. And if it wasn't for the career and the credibility that I'd built and the following that I'd built, I don't think I would have been able to, to, to really stick it out and hold my own. You know, being a female in the sports world is very difficult. It's difficult to be taken seriously, not only 
within the structures of production and, you know, the fraternity itself, but also from the viewer's perspective, you really have to prove that you've got something to, to give and you've got something to, to show for it. And being a female, honestly, was the most difficult thing because I found my male counterparts didn't have to jump through as many hoops as I had to in order to prove myself. So how do you go about, about encouraging you know, women in the industry and how do you look to develop and find female talent to take on creative roles? Well, we speak about it being, you know, the entertainment industry and just basically the world just being very male dominated and us living in a patriarchal society. There's this very weird misconception with the entertainment industry that you need to sleep your way to the top. And I think that's one of the first things I want to dispel. I mean, we've seen the Harvey Weinstein saga. That's probably the big Hollywood story that we know of. But it's going on in so many different countries and so many different regions. And it's being perpetuated as a norm. And I want to tell young women that it's not. Your talent is good enough. You are worthy. And there are credible structures that will get you recognized without you having to compromise who you are and compromise your dignity. That's the first thing. The second thing I'd want to say to, to women is we do have to work harder. It's not fair, but we do. So therefore put in the effort, put in the effort to make sure that you, no one can, can question your credibility. No one can question your talent. Educate yourself, surround yourself with people that know better, that know more, people that have been experienced in, in the field that you've chosen to be in, whether it's entertainment, whether it's business, whatever your field of expertise, surround yourself with people who know better and never stop learning. You know, you have a passion for setting an example for women and girls like yourself and yeah. inspiring to a male like, like I am. And I'm sure it's very inspiring to females worldwide as well. And you've mentioned that you feel an appetite to challenge the traditional media by paying it forward as someone else has done for you. Can you talk more on that experience and how that person shaped who you are today? It was important for me to, to understand that I am the person that I am as a product of people that have walked, walked before me. So it's important for me that once I get to a certain level, I'm able to pay it forward. I'm able to be the inspiration that I had growing up. You know, I wouldn't be walking the path that I have or the path that I am walking if it wasn't for the woman that walked before me. So it's important for me to, to share what I know. It's important for me to share my mistakes. I'm very big on that. A lot of people want to act like their journey has been perfect. And I, I, I really am big on sharing my mistakes. And the reason why I do that is because if I've made those mistakes, you don't need to. And, and that's something that's really important to me. Um, also on top of that, we, we also need to understand why it is that we are the people that we are. What is your purpose? You know, my, my life's purpose is not just to be on television, is not to have this big successful production company, but it's really to inspire young people to be all that they can be. And I think that's what, what's important for me is that it's, I, I want to be an inspiration to young women in any field to say, you know what, let's break the mold. Let's challenge society and let's go out there and, you know, step into the spaces that people said we can't step into, whether it's because you're too young or whether it's because you're black or whether it's because you're female. Let's go out there and in the words of our current Miss Universe, Zozibini Tunzi, let's take up space. Right. Well, I'll be insightful as well. You know, how does a TV personality as yourself work both in front 
and behind the camera? And how are those two occupations similar and different? Um, they are incredibly different. I mean, when I started in the entertainment industry, I knew I wanted to be behind the camera. It's, it's always been a passion of mine to create. And when I got in and I got my first presenting role, the first thing I did was I became the production assistant. So I started off carrying camera bags. Um, I was the guy who was sending tea to the entire building. I was booking the equipment. I was booking the crew. I was running around like a, a runner. I was a runner for the longest time. And then eventually I told him that I'm, I could write. So then I got promoted to writing the script. And then from there, I told him that I've got some really cool ideas and I got promoted into creating some of the concepts around the show and some of the elements and features around the show. And that's really where I got to hone my craft as, as a producer. And I knew that my longevity in this industry is not going to be in front of the camera, but it was going to be behind. Um, and the difference is, is it's, it's two different fulfilling moments. I mean, when I'm in front of the camera, I'm entertaining. And I'm connecting. But when I'm behind the camera, I'm creating and, and I'm shaping what our entertainment industry looks like. I'm shaping what our boundaries look like in terms of what can be done, what is being done, what isn't being done. And I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to be able to create shows that have never been produced in South Africa before. I produced a wedding documentary series when I got married and it had never been done in the country and it was the highest rated show in the country that year. And I was just so grateful that I had the opportunity to say, well, I know this hasn't been done, but give me the opportunity. And they did. And it soared. How do you build up that confidence to, you know, finally step out and reach out to, you know, your bosses or whoever might be above you to let them know, okay, I feel like I am creative enough to, you know, give you some ideas that might help boost your ratings or my help. I guess so. I've always been the throw me in the deep end and watch me swim kind of girl. Um, I like challenging um, societal norms. It's always, I've always had a knack for it. So um, I, I, I tend to think I'm quite fearless when it comes to asking for things and asking for an opportunity. But also I think that's, that's where the lesson is and, and what I hope to, to portray and to teach to, to people is that, Never be afraid to ask. The worst they can say is no. And you know what? On a good day, they say yes, and you get to prove yourself. And, and, and that's, that's what I'm all about is, you know what? Shoot your shot. So are there any stories you've had personally of um, hardship that you would like to share? Like an exemplification of endurance, maybe? Yeah, I worked in the industry for about two years, I remember. And I wasn't getting paid. And I remember it being one of the lowest points in my journey because I was on air every week. I was, you know, this big shot celebrity in this country, but I was completely flat broke. Um, and I had to keep up appearances. And I remember it was at that point where I realized that it's important to be loyal in this business, but it's important to take care, to take care of yourself. And when the people that you work for are no longer taking care of you, don't be afraid to move on. It was a really, really difficult decision because I am a loyal person. I love to work with the same people. I love to build. I like to stay in a place and, and really grow with it and see if I can take it to the next level. But it was important. It was important 
for me to also understand that I needed to take care of me and I needed to take care of my pocket. And, and therefore my loyalty was now starting to, to compromise my pocket. Um, so don't be afraid to leave your comfort zone. Um, that was one of the lessons that that taught me. What project have you worked on that you felt most passionate or enriched by thus far? Um, one of my favorite things is what I currently work on right now, which is my show Homeground that I co-host with Lungi Lekatu. And what I love so much about this show is that I worked in sort of traditional sports broadcasting for four years. And that's really where I got to hone my craft. But I was doing what everyone else was doing in the sport entertainment world. And when I managed to move um, to my current employer, Supersport, um, they sat me down and they asked me and they said, what are you hoping to be on? What, what kind of show are you hoping to present on? And I said, I want to present a show that's never been presented ever before. I want to show that is the bridge between sports and entertainment. It's the show where your, your sports lover will be able to watch and get the stats of who won what over the weekend, but also the show where your non-conventional sports lover can still watch, get the information that they need, but also enjoy amazing lifestyle entertainment. So Homeground was born um, merging my two loves for sports and lifestyle. And at the moment, it's the only show that's simulcast on two channels, two separate platforms in South Africa and on the continent. And it's, it's, my, it's my biggest pride because I got the opportunity to say, this is what I want to do. I want to carve a niche, something that hadn't been done. And I was given the opportunity to do that. And I guess the second thing that is probably my, my proudest moment was my first television production that didn't involve me. So obviously the first show that I spoke about was my wedding documentary, Becoming Mrs. Jones, that broke all the records. But the next show that I did was actually a show called Spirit of Mzansi. And it was a car reality show. And um, that show, I didn't do the voice. I didn't do, I didn't appear, I didn't feature at all other than in the credits as the executive producer. And we got to conceptualize that show from scratch. We worked with a sponsor and we produced a, a brand new show, a brand new concept, again, that hadn't been seen in, on South African television. And the show was a huge success. And the fact that I didn't have to rely on my stardom in order to produce a successful show, showed that I, I'd really earned my chops as a producer in this country. You are still listening to the Voice of Africa podcast, unveiling a continent to love, a people changing the world. In the rest of the interview, Minnie shares her journey starting MD Body and what needs to change in Africa's entertainment industry. Right. So apart from being a, you know, a creative, also a, a business owner, can you give us a little background of why you started, you know, MD Body? Sure. So my beauty products actually started because if you know anything about the television industry um especially in south africa it's not really the most lucrative <laughs> we don't get paid that well but it really does put you out there and gives you the platform to attract bigger business and the big business that every sort of performing artist is looking for is that big international global uh endorsement contract that endorsement contract, you're looking for that endorsement, even if it's local, you're looking for that endorsement contract because that's tangible money and it's 
big paychecks. And I really wanted to be the face of a beauty brand. Um, and I waited and waited and waited and it just wasn't coming. And then I finally got teams together that were started presenting me to these big companies and, you know, putting my deck out there and saying, you know, this is who Minnie is. I think she'd be a perfect fit for your brand. And these brands just weren't biting. It either I was either too big for them at the time, um, or I was too I wasn't big enough. Um, I was either too young for the brand, or I wasn't young enough. Um, there were just so many different obstacles that came about, and I realized that am I going to sit around and wait for a a guy in a suit who's probably never seen me on TV before decide if I'm worthy to be the face of their brand. And I realized that sitting and waiting for an opportunity is just a waste of time. So I decided to get my hands dirty. I did a lot of research. I partnered with some incredible people and we decided to develop my own beauty range. Okay, that's and that's cool. how it happened. That's actually a really cool story, actually. It's like, <laughs> yeah, nothing ever really goes the way you expect it to in life sometimes. You have to adjust to, you know, the situations that life has given sure. you. What are some sure. things that, you know, you've done to set yourself apart from your competitors? Um, I think I've always sort of stayed in my own lane and I've never really competed with sort of the mainstream, you know, entertainers that were out there. Um, one of the things about me is that people always say that I'm quite relatable. And and I think one of the reasons for that is that how I got into the entertainment industry was I stood in a line and I auditioned with thousands and thousands of South Africans on national television and people voted. So I always feel like I am the people's entertainer and the people's brand. So I always feel indebted to them and indebted to to being as authentic as I possibly can, not only to myself, but to, to the people who, who voted for me initially. I need to stay true to that girl that they, they saw. I was completely unrefined. I you know, had no training whatsoever, and I really got to learn on the job. But one of the things that I got to learn is that in as much as I, I, I learned to refine my craft, I also learned that what people really love is authenticity. And I think that's what separates me from everyone. I mean, if you go to my social media page, there's no beautiful backgrounds and, you know, it's not gorgeous filters. It's just a lot of randomness. It's a lot of me. It's, it's a day in the life of me whenever you get to see me. And I try to be as authentic as I possibly can to not only who I am, but also to, to the brand that I've created, because I think that's what people appreciate. Right. So what are some ways that you have overcome the obstacle of getting products to black women in the market that normalizes lighter skin tones, you know, makeup products and foundation shades, etc.? Oh, I've actually never really had a problem with that. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I think what's really important is that everyone is entitled to do what any, whatever they want to do. You know what I mean? I love the color of my skin. Um, you know, sometimes I even, I even go get a spray tan so that I get a little bit of a sun-kissed bronze. So each to his own. If someone feels like they want to be lighter skin, do you. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and advocate for what's right and what's wrong. I feel like everyone has the freedom to do whatever they want. And I think that's the most important thing. I think we've become such a judgmental society and, and more than anything, people just want to live their truth. So 
whatever makes people feel comfortable, that's what they should do. I would hope people, you know, keep their original skin color and promote that because it's beautiful. Melanin is gorgeous. But if, if that's not really what they want to do, then, then each to his own. Exactly. As long as they're comfortable. <laughs> as long as you're happy. <laughs> How has it been, you know, has it been more difficult to attain and maintain success in you know, that industry? Oh, 100%. Like I said, the entertainment industry is very fickle. One minute you're hot, one minute you're not. Um, you know, sometimes the paychecks are coming in and sometimes they're not. So it's very important for you to create the environment that becomes stable in a very unstable environment. And I think that's my biggest advice to anyone in the business is how can you create some stability in, in, in a very unstable entertainment industry? Right. So how do you think, you know, more media personalities can command more respect otherwise in the industry? I think it's important to know your worth, know, know what you stand for, but also everyone's so consumed with what the next person is doing. What are you comfortable doing for how much? And, and I think that's important. I think everyone gets comfortable until they find out what the next person is doing and then all of a sudden there's a huge issue. You need to educate yourself in what standard industry practices. You need to educate yourself what's right. You need to educate yourself with what what the benchmark is for every level in this entertainment industry. And also be be honest with yourself about where you stand. I think a lot of people over sensationalize their position in the entertainment industry. And I think that's a huge issue in the sense that you overprice yourself sometimes or you underprice yourself sometimes you know surround yourself with people who are going to give you the right numbers the right stats you can't just do that on your own there are companies that can analyze your your, your analytics there's companies who can find out exactly where you stand and what you're worth find those companies sometimes it is a payment but it's a one-off payment that i think is worth it and i think a lot of people are so comfortable doing things on their own and, and not willing to open themselves up to getting professional help and and sometimes it's necessary right so how do you wish to see the industry in africa in the next 10 years i think my biggest vision for the entertainment industry on the continent right now is to see some structure right now it's it's sort of run i mean i don't know if you know what a tavern is but it's just it's it's run just like you know a hangout spot and you know the hot person comes in now and then it's the next person one person gets paid this much then the next person doesn't it's it's incredibly fickle. The rules are being rewritten constantly. And I feel like we need to standardize things. You know, you need to have people who are coming into the business, understanding that you don't take anything less than this. And, and also understanding that when you ask for this, maybe you are asking too much. I, I think we need some structure. I mean, right now in our country, most of us as entertainers, we pay tax. But when it came to this COVID situation and, you know, we were like, okay, well, do we get a part of this relief fund? We're nowhere to be seen because we don't have any formal structures. So we can't claim anything. Um, and of course, I'm generalizing, but I'm just talking specifically to if we had more formal structures, we'd be able to benefit from the entertainment industry a lot more. You wouldn't find someone in one day out the next. You wouldn't find athletes who are incredible today and then tomorrow living back in their parents' houses. 
you know so it's 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 one of those things where we really need to start structuring the business around the entertainment industry and stop looking at it as as fun and games and although it is and we have a great time with it it is a business and we need to start approaching it and adapting the way that we do things in a proper business-like structure right. so that's my vision right and i really like that vision as well and hopefully you know we are able to you know move towards that light for sure how can the voice of africa you know support your causes um oh voice of africa just you know get it out there let let people know what we're doing this side. I mean, at the end of the day, the African continent is so rich, not only in culture, but in creativity. I mean, we're, we're doing some incredible work. We're producing some incredible content, but also there's a lot of help that's needed on the continent. I mean, we are still and have been for a really long time, the poorest continent in the world, and we really need to do something about it. And you know, Voice of Africa could really speak about what the needs are, whether it's gender-based violence, you know, whether it's poverty, whether it's hunger, whether it's education. We need the world to know what is really going on in the country. And I think if we can start focusing on uplifting the structures that are in existence, we're able to alleviate a lot of those issues. If our businesses are supported, we alleviate hunger, we alleviate poverty, we, we alleviate a lot of the issues that, that we have that I think can be solved by proper investments in the proper businesses that are being created in this in this continent and i think that's that's what we need we just need more people to know what we're doing what we're about and what we're capable of right and we really do thank you for coming on this platform for helping us you know amplify our voice as well do you have any advice for any youth following in your footsteps i beg your pardon sorry do you have any advice for like any youth that's following in your footsteps yeah, I mean, the biggest advice I would give you is educate yourself, educate yourself, educate yourself. And then, of course, surround yourself with people who are experienced, people who have walked the path that you're trying to walk. And, and also surround yourself with people that are doing things that are completely different to you so that you're able to expand your mindset, challenge the status quo and break those boundaries. Well, thank you, Miss Mini, for you know hopping on our platform and taking the time out of your day to speak with us. We really appreciate it, and hopefully, we can stay in touch and keep working together. Fantastic! Thanks for having me. Hey there, we hope you enjoyed this interview. If you did, make sure you subscribe to our channel and leave a review. If you already have, share this interview with anyone who might be inspired by it. Also, you can send us a review on how to serve you best. Join us in our next podcast where we discuss Kim Jade's career, MTV, KJ Productions, and her ideal future of Africa.